Let's open to First uh, Samuel chapter 17. You'll know this passage of Scripture. Uh, people say other than the 23rd Psalm, this is the most known passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. Okay, First Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of David and the giant Goliath. Now, start with verse 1. Now, the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered in Succoth, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Succoth and Azekah in Ephes the Meme. Those words are hard. And Saul and the men of Israel gathered together and they camped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side in the valley between them. And here he is. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's right at ten foot. Okay. Uh, He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail that that weighed 5,000 shekels. That's over 125 pounds of bronze. Not counting his helmet. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear weighed 600 shekels of, of uh, 600 shekels. And the shield bearer went before him. Just the spearhead is over 15 pounds. This is a man's man, y'all. Uh, then he stood and cried out to the army of Israel, and he said, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and afraid greatly. Then, uh, drop down to verse 29. David is shown up on the scene. He says, why hadn't somebody fought? He gets in trouble with his brothers. In verse 29... It says, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? He returned from him to another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. And when the words which David spoke were heard and reported to Saul, he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Speaking of Goliath, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Wow. You need to realize David is probably about 16 years old. Okay. Uh, Saul tells him, you can't go because you're a youth. And he has been a warrior since his youth. That's verse 33. And then uh, at the end of the story, we know what happens. In verse 40, he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones, five smooth stones from the brook. Put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistines. So the Philistines come and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with the sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. 
And David said to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And you know how the story ends. Pop, down he went, and he cut his head off. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, passage of Scripture and how we're going to look at it today. So give us illumination by your Holy Spirit. Calm our hearts and our minds uh, that we would hear from you at our greatest point of need. Some need to surrender to Christ as their personal Lord and Savior publicly. Some need to rededicate. Some to join the church. Some need to surrender burdens that are just weighing them the difference in our lives. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at the hometown guy who does good. That's why it's everybody's favorite story. Uh, David, the ordinary boy, does an extraordinary thing. But you see, he was able to face his giants, and we have giants to face also. As Beth said, in almost every pew, somebody's going through stuff. Some people are facing real giants. There, there are all kinds of giants in our day. You know, uh, Drugs, uh, although not new, uh, are... How do I want to say it? They're exploding in our country as never before. We're even legalizing some, uh, saying that they're good for us, okay? We won't get into that. Uh, alcohol, again, not new, but it's a, it's, it's a problem in that uh, most of our teenagers, 90% of them say they drink before they're 17 and they're not legal to drink until they're 18. So somebody's giving them, and the thing that disturbs me most is that parents will tell me, yeah, I bought them alcohol because I don't want them out driving. They can drink at the house problem is that's illegal somebody tells me that you better not tell me that because i'm gonna turn you in it's not legal it's a problem you're contributing to the delinquency of a minor i don't care if it is your kid boy it got quiet in here i hope y'all aren't doing that (laughs) sexual immorality 40 percent of girls between 15 and 18 uh, admit to being sexually active and a little over 55% 55% of boys. I don't know what the discrepancy is there. I don't want to know. You see, uh, sexual infidelity is about the number three cause for divorce in the United States. Abuse, more abuse than I've ever heard of. Emotional, mental, physical abuse runs rampant in our families. Financial problems abound. Finances are still the number one cause of divorce in our society. Divorce will affect over 60% of first-time marriages within the first year. The thing that's disturbing, there's no difference between Christian families and secular families in these statistics. Something is wrong. There are giants walking the land. Do we understand that health is probably one of the number one giants? People face all kinds of health issues, uh, and they worry about how they're going to make it through retirement, if they're going to have enough for it. We could go on and on with giants. Well, David fought the giant. He uh, finished off the giant. And how did he do that? I think the key is 1 John 4, 4, where it says this. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You see, David had a dependence upon God, and therefore he could have victory over the giants. Okay? I don't think that's exactly what I put in your outline, but that's going to be close enough. See, do we, do we depend on God? 
Do we trust God? Do we trust Him enough that we can have victory over giants? We can face them, fight them, frustrate them, and finish them off. I think we can. Through all the giants that stalk our lives, even today, in our church and in our community. So how did David do it? First of all, notice David's daring. D-A-R-I-N-G. David's daring. It's in verse 11. In verse 11, uh, it said this. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistines, they were dismayed dismayed and greatly afraid. You drop down to verse 24, and uh, it says this. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So Goliath walks back and forth, and the lines backed up. And then you go down to verse 26. And what does David say? David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine takes away the approach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now you get the picture here, okay? Here's the picture I want you to understand on David's daring. We either rule over our giants or they will rule over us. Did you hear that? We either rule over them or they will rule over us. See, David had a daring for several reasons. But, but you see, he knew that something had to be done. There they are and Goliath is making everybody afraid. Here he is, 10 foot tall, walks about in all this uh, armor and everything. He looks like a tank on the battlefield. He's bellowing. You realize your giants are going to bellow at you? They're going to try to cause fear in your heart. They're going to try to make you trust your own way rather than God's way. Your giants are very real. And I want you to understand that, that David faced a guy who was dangerous. He had been a warrior from his youth, from the time he was a young child. He was huge. He was the whole army's champion. Nobody had been able to defeat Goliath. And here's this young, skinny teenager. It said he's ruddy. That means his complexion's a little bad. And he's out there saying, fellas, what are y'all doing? You're running from him. He's saying, doesn't somebody want to stand up to this uncircumcised Philistine? You realize he's not just insulting the armies of Israel. He's insulting the living God of Israel. He was daring. And you see, we need to understand as surely as what Goliath said. He said, you send out a man to me. If I win, you'll serve us. If you win, we'll serve you. In other words, I'm either going to rule over you or you're going to rule over me. Hear me. Your giants say the same thing today. Either you, by God's power, rule over them or they're going to rule over you in your own power. We need to understand that. The second thing about David's daring is this. We can only dare to face our giants... We can only dare to face our giants because of the personal knowledge of our God. We can only dare to face our giants because of the personal knowledge of our God. David stood up when everybody else ran away. David stood tall when everybody else was trying to hide. He said, well, he was just an arrogant young punk. No, his confidence wasn't in himself. He knew he couldn't defeat Goliath on his own. His confidence was the God that he knew. It was a personal knowledge of how God worked and what God did. You see? 
When everybody else said, sit down and shut up, David stood up and spoke. When they said, no, you don't, he said, yes, I am. He said, God's reputation is at stake, and I'm God's man, and I'll stand up when I want to. Quite a teenager, wasn't it? You see, he knew something that they didn't know. He tells Saul later in the story, the same God, my God that I know, delivered me from the paw of the lion. And the paw of the bear will deliver me from this silly old Philistine. He had learned late at night, watching the sheep and protecting the sheep, that he took that slingshot and he killed that lion and he killed that bear. And as sure as he killed them, with God's help, he was going to kill Goliath. Because he knew God was up to something. Because he knew God. So when your giants bellow, are you running to hide? When your giants bellow, are you hunkering down? Or do you go to the Lord who loves you and gave his life for you? You see, Satan's best lie is this. Be quiet and don't rock the boat. Did you hear that? When it comes time to stand up, And not be popular. And not worry about what everybody thinks of you or says about you. God says stand up and we have a choice. Sit down and be quiet or stand up. David chose to stand up because he knew his God. Do we do that? You see you can't go on with God if you're going to just go the way of the world. You see he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. But don't let too much of the world get in there because that sort of interferes. Let's go on. Y'all are getting quiet and getting sleepy, so let's go on. You see, David's daring, but the second thing that I see here is David's development. Look at verses 34 through 37. David's development. It says this. David said to Saul, your servant uh, used to keep his father's sheep, and when the lion or the bear came, there it is, took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servants kill both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he's defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said that the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to him, Go, and your God be with you. Well, the first thing I want you to know is you have to battle with what you know. Did you hear that? You must battle with what you know. You see, You read the story and Saul tries to give him his armor. I mean, there's Goliath dressed in armor. You need some armor to protect you too. David tried it on. It didn't work. It didn't fit. He wasn't comfortable with it. He said, I can't fight in this. I'm going to be speedy. He said, I'm going to use what I know. Slingshot. Now, do you realize how brave you have to be to face a guy with a javelin spear that the head of weighs 15 pounds He's 10 foot tall. He must be quite wide because his armor, his mail coat weighed 125 pounds, not counting his helmet. And then he had on his, his leggings and his arms, the bronze. He, had a, he, he was so heavy that his shield bearer had to go before him and carry that big shield. And you're going in with a slingshot? Now, I was pretty good with a slingshot. I got in all kinds of trouble with my slingshot. But mine's one of them ones you pulled and... Dave was the one you slung and thwop. You see, he's so confident in his God, he doesn't worry about it. He ain't going to use what he doesn't know. Do you understand that? Use and battle 
your giants with what you know. You see, God, I want you to hear this. David had spent so much time with God alone watching the sheep privately that he knew how God was going to act publicly. You know what Jesus said when he said, do your alms and your prayers in private and the God who sees you in private will reward you openly? Do we know God enough in the private to know how he's going to act? And you go down to verses 30 through 40 is where the armor story is. And David took it off. He, he hadn't tested it. Here's what that means for us. Let's apply it. You got your giant there and he's bellowing at you. Don't use the latest psychological fad to battle. Don't use the sociological import of it. Don't listen to society. You understand? We need to take what really wins battles and what we know, and that should be God, His Spirit leading us, and the Word equipping us. People want to make fun of me for saying that, but you see, why would you take somebody else's advice when God says, do this, and you say, well, I don't think that'll work. So you're smarter than God. I'm assuming you have a quiet time. I'm assuming you spend time in God's word. I'm assuming that God speaks to your heart and you hear him. If not, then you're going to be in trouble when the giant shows up. Because you have no resources. Did you hear me? Why is it getting so quiet in here? They're sleeping. Somebody's going to start snoring. Judy, punch him in the side and wake him up. There you go. Clint wasn't sleeping. He said, what are you talking about me for? Oh, uh, there we go. There we go. Now, what I want you to realize is this. You see, he used, he went to battle with what he knew. You go to battle with what you know. Okay? But he also prepared. Do you realize David didn't just show up one day ready to fight Goliath? God had been preparing him. You need to prepare. And prepare, preparation equals two things. I don't know if I put this on your outline or not. First of all, it equals decision. Now, what do I mean by that? You need to decide, decide, I'm going to serve God, or I'm going to follow God's word, or however you want to put it, before the giant ever shows up in your life. It's a prior, proper decision that equals a permanent outcome. See, when the test comes, when the tribulation comes, when the temptation comes, you don't make up your mind right then or you're going to lose. You have to make it up before it shows up in your past, in your time alone with God. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. Or when it shows up, you fail. I fail. See, decision is part of preparation. If you made the decision that whatever happens, you're going to trust the Lord your God. If not, you won't make it. See, proper prior decisions lead to proper actions. David had prepared in private, so when it came time to stand up in public, he had the proper action. No matter what anybody else said, when all the other armies, when everybody, even the king said, you can't do this, he said, God said I could, and I'm going to follow God. The second thing is discipline. David's life is basically characterized by discipline other than When he wasn't obeying God and he stayed home during the time of the kings and he saw Bathsheba and you know the rest of the story. Adultery, murder, baby died because of his sin because he disobeyed. But other than that, his life is pretty much characterized by obeying God. 
And you see, we need to understand that obedience starts in the small areas. You don't just wake up one day and got this big thing and you're going to obey God. If you hadn't been obeying God in the little areas, you're not going to obey him in the big areas. That's what Jesus said. If you can't keep true treasure to trust you in the little things, how are you going to be trusted in the large things? You see, what does that mean? Discipline means prayer. Discipline means Bible study. Discipline means service in the church. Discipline means giving of our blessings to others. Discipline means sharing our faith. Those things prepare us for the giants who want to steal our blessings. So have we made a proper decision beforehand and are we disciplined to face the giants? Let me assure you, they stalk their lives. And if one isn't stalking you now, he's hiding behind a bush. Get ready. Well, that's a negative attitude. No, it's not. It's the truth. You see, we're going to be allowed to go through these things now to prepare us to live forever in heaven with the one we have trusted as our Lord and Savior. The last thing David did was this. Notice David's discernment. Look at uh, verse 37. We might have already looked at that. I'm going to look at it again. Verse 37, David's discernment. Moreover, the Lord said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. And then down in verse uh, 41, we have the end of the story where he, he starts talking to the Philistine and what he's going to do to him. Okay. And how he's going to give not only his thing, but the Lord delivered me from your hand, verse 46. And I will strike you and take your head and give your carcass to this camp to the Philistines, to the birds of the air. So it was in verse 48, when the Philistine rose and came drew to meet David, David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine, put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, slung it, struck the Philistine in the forehead, so the stone sunk deep in his forehead. He fell on his face to the earth, and David prevailed over the Philistine by slinging a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. No sword in his hand. David ran to the Philistine, took his own sword, and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut his head off with it. Sort of a gory story, but the Bible is just plain. It tells it like it is. But you see, David had discernment. Here's what I want you to remember. You plus God equal more than enough. Now, did you hear me? God's always enough, but he chooses to work to us. But you plus God is more than enough. Didn't matter that nobody else in the army was coming. Didn't matter that this guy was 10 foot tall. Didn't matter that he was a warrior from his youth. None of that mattered. All David knew because of his discernment, because he understood God was going to gain glory for himself and use David to do it. And so David said, it's enough. If all I have is God and a sling. You see, he was no match for Goliath, but there was another story. You see, the rest of the army said, look how big he is. And David said, look how small he is to God. The rest of the army said, look, he's, he's too big to hit. And David laughed and said, he's too big to miss. I want you to think about that. This guy's got armor from here down and he's got a helmet. So David's got to hit him before he can jab him with that spear, cut his head off with a spot about that big with that stone. But he said, God will do it. 
See, David's discernment was that God was up to something. You see, because he kept his eyes on the Lord, he could see, he could discern that God was doing it. The second truth of that is this. Without God, you don't have a chance. With God is victory. Without God, not a chance. With God, victory. Now, here's what I mean by that. The story as you read this story is this. David, after he dismisses the king and after he takes off all the armor that he doesn't know and is going to use what he knows, he goes down to the brook and he picks five smooth stones. And I thought, why in the world did he pick five? He's going to miss? No. Goliath had four brothers. And if they showed up, he's going to kill all five of them. That's how much he trusted God. He knew God was with him. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. Now, let's be real honest. Is God with you? Listen, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, He has promised He would never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you. If you haven't accepted Jesus, you're on your own with the giant and you need help. You need to come and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to come and turn the giant over to Jesus. Maybe you need to come and rededication. Maybe to join the church. I don't know, but God knows. When I read the book of Hebrews, it talks about the heroes of the faith, starting with chapter 11. We talk about all the deliverance there and how God saw their faith and it was wonderful. But we often don't read the end of that chapter where it says, and some were cut in half, some were, were chopped up, some were stretched out. All these things that they died because the world was not worthy of them, but they died in victory because they had faith in God. You might have to live with your giant for a little while. The army had to live with it for 40 days because nobody would stand up to Goliath till God brought David on the scene. But God always shows up just in time. So I'm going to pray. Then we're going to stand. Brother Ryan's going to lead us a hymn of invitation. If you need to come, I want you to come. Maybe you need to turn over these giants. Maybe you need to ask me to pray with you about them. Maybe you need to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior publicly. I don't know, but God knows. This time is your time to respond to Him. Father, I, I thank you for this passage about David and Goliath. Father, there's some very serious things going on in our church. The devil's alive and well, and he has waylaid our families. So many are suffering, so many are hurting. So many are fearful and should be because they're in really bad circumstances. But Lord, you're not the God of the dead. You're the God of the living. You're the God of hope, not of despair. You're the God of all power, not of weakness. So in our weakness, help us. Father, you have your way with us right now to gain your glory during this time. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.